morning. Happy Thursday. Today is August the 31st. I'm your host, Ram Christopher. And I'm Kyle Christopher. This is Everything's Political. Today we have some fun stories coming to you from the National. Giuliani is found liable for defaming Georgia election workers and is $3 million in debt. Trump to hold a $100,000 plate fundraiser for Rudy next month. What are they serving and is it going to be served all week? I do For $100,000. I don't know, but poor Rudy. In other news, one news outlet believes that Gavin Newsom will be the 2024 Democratic presidential nominee. Really? No way. (laughs) Well, it's news to me. Kamala and Biden allies are reportedly upset that Newsom is set to debate DeSantis. I had no clue about any of this. I'm, I'm glad you told me about this and we have it on the show because I don't understand any of it. I don't either. He sipped a few steps. But here we go. We're moving on over to Mitch McConnell. He goes back to the future. Nice. The senator froze in place for nearly a half minute during a press conference. Did you see it? Uh, I did see it. I wasn't sure if the video stopped or if it was Mitch McConnell. So we're going to have to look at that again. (laughs) I don't know. But in local news, we have New York train stations are frightening. Today, we have a subway violence roundup. While crime has declined elsewhere in the city, the subway is still... The Terror Dome. Representative Nicole Melitakis calls for Staten Island to secede from New York City in the wake of the migrant crisis. Is it part of the city? I don't know. I guess that's up for debate. Most of the time I've heard that it wasn't one of the five boroughs. I thought it was New Jersey because you had to pay a toll to go there. <laughs> Shut up. You know better than that. All right. We also have to you have for you a WTF story, but we will not get into that right now because I want to be able to keep my breakfast down. <laughs> so starting out with our Giuliani story, we're swinging back to the federal, the national stories. What do we have there, Kyle? A federal judge ruled Wednesday that Rudy Giuliani is legally liable for defaming two Georgia election workers who became the subject of conspiracy theories related to the 2020 election that were amplified by Donald Trump in the final weeks of his presidency. In an unsparing 57-page ruling, the U.S. District Court Judge Beryl Howell said Giuliani had flagrantly violated her orders to preserve and produce relevant evidence to the election workers, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, resulting in a default judgment against him. She also ordered him to pay Freeman and Moss punitive damages for failing to fulfill his obligations. Wow, what a major fall from grace. I cannot believe that old Rudy let himself get caught up in the horrible storm that is Donald J. Trump. Can you believe it? The mayor of New York City, the once mayor of New York City, now in this type of legal problem. It's, it's, it's horrendous. It is. It definitely is horrendous. And um, it's kind of, you know, you brought up 9-11 and it's kind of surprising when you think about Giuliani then to Giuliani now, because the Giuliani of then would have never talked to Donald Trump. You know, maybe he takes a meeting from him, but he wouldn't listen to anything that guy had to say. And to think that now he's in, you know, going to prison or, you know, his career is over. I mean, he's too old as it is, but his career, any other aspirations he had, aspirations for his son, they're finished because of what he's done and how low he's gone for Donald Trump. Right? He was a serious lawman, and now you have this serious lawman breaking the law to protect someone else over ideology. It is completely baffling to me. And I hope that these individuals that were harmed by his ridiculous behavior 
are, you know, able to, you know, recoup what they lost. Um, and I hope that Giuliani is able to, you know, spend some time uh, to try to get back on the right track because he's in his old age and you don't want to go out on a note like this. It's very disgraceful. It's very sad um, to see um, because he was like one of the ultimate patriots. Everyone remembered seeing him after 9-11, right? They saw him being the big guy, being the man that was in charge, that was taking over and making sure that New York City uh, was, you know, back on his feet. And, and now look at him. So I mean, I mean, Giuliani came out of that looking like presidential material. Granted, that never materialized for him, but, you know, it is a tremendous fall. And I just wanted to add that, you know, it's a great, it's a great fall. It's a tremendous fall, but I guess it's devil advocates time as far as the actual crime here. I don't think he's guilty of it. I, I take his argument that his lawyer made and I believe it. It's a first amendment, right? Giuliani wasn't a government official. At the point in time when this happened, mm. he wasn't a campaign official. Isn't he allowed to say what he wants about the election? I mean, I know that you can argue in the the the, the adverse the, the converse of that very easily and say, well, no, he's tampering with the election based on the the position that he's had and the and the reputation that he has. But ultimately, at that point in time, Giuliani's a private citizen. Yes, and I hear you on your argument, and it's going to make for a, a, a very interesting case. But I think ultimately, because he has held such a, a, a tremendous position, and with that position, with that type of leadership, comes great responsibility. I don't necessarily think that he will be found a guilty, but the optics of it make me think and I think that you share the same sentiment that his career is done. His his advisement is pretty much over. No one's going to want to touch him or use his advisement in the future. And his son, yeah, that goose is cooked. But, you know, nepotism, you know, nepotism. And moving on to nepotism, we're going to be talking about California Governor Gavin Newsom. And he is a nepo baby if anyone ever was. So what do, what do we have coming out of California? California Governor Gavin Newsom is increasingly being viewed as a nuisance to some of President Joe Biden's political advisors, according to four, according to four people familiar with the matter. Though Biden's camp no longer sees Newsom as a wannabe challenger, and some in Biden's orbit praise him for acting as a top campaign surrogate, Newsom plans to debate Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on television carries more risks than potential reward, these people say. I just want to stop and say, I almost said Rob DeSantis. Um, you got that? It's stuck in my head at this point in time. It's a better name. <laughs> and you, I thought you had something to say about Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Florida. Look, I said yesterday that Florida was, you know, my least favorite state. And, you know, it's one of them. But California is up there because grando Gavin Newsom has made it so. You know, in Florida, we have the, the ultra far right stupid legislation coming out. And then in California, we have the ultra far left stupid legislation coming out. We're taking away uh, parental rights. And in, and in Florida, we're taking away rights for, you know, black uh, history to be taught. So, you know, both of the states, eh, boo, they're beautiful, but, yeah, legislation not so beautiful. And so, Gavin Newsom, I, I just don't really understand what you're doing, guy. You still have an incumbent president in Joe Biden. He's there. And you're, and you're skipping over Kamala Harris, who is also, you know, the vice president from your state. What do you think you're doing? I mean, it's disrespectful, at least. And, and I, I would I would say that who likes you anyway? You didn't handle COVID well in your state. You 
you have raised so many taxes. You have your own ongoing crisis with the the different um, natural disasters that are coming your way. What in the world? What kind of audacity do you have to think that you are right to to run at this time? Why do you think your timing is right? You're no Cuomo. So. I think he has a, the answer is that Gavin Newsom's daddy was a big time oil lawyer for the Getty family who ran Getty Oil. And some of our younger listeners might not be familiar, but, you know, back in the day, Getty, uh, they used to have gas stations just like your Exxon and all those others. And I think they probably got bought out at this point in time. But to own an oil company in the 20th century is a big deal. And to be the lawyer for that oil company is a big deal. And but that it, wasn't him, right? right that right. was his daddy. And it turns out that Gavin Newsom's success in business was funded by the Getty family. Yeah, so they're like this is the thing. Whenever we talk about nepotism and we talk about oh people not being you know equipped for a job, this is one of those guys. He has a bachelor's degree from what Santa Clara. He's it's a decent school. I mean, it's it's it's, it's not law school, but it's not. But is it worthy of the presidency? I mean, I guess it is. It isn't. But he doesn't have a successful business necessarily that he's ran even. I mean, even if you were looking at Trump, like he's had some successful businesses. You know him because of the businesses he's ran. And despite him having having all the bankruptcies that he had, he also had successful business in real estate. So, I mean, Trump has a media empire. Let's be clear about that. Right. But what in the world has Gavin Newsom done? He's not anywhere near the level of the you know past presidents that we we've had you know what i'm saying so what gives him the right i i, I have to see your point at that because you know you pull out the presidents that may not necessarily have been academically there or you know and i'm sorry to be elitist um but you know the presidents that haven't had the the accomplishments the achievements that you ne- normally uh, equate with someone being a worthy presidential candidate which is usually two degrees right like at least two degrees um, and, and from credible schools, and I, I mean, Santa Clara, no, no knock on that, but it's like, what have you done? And plus, you haven't ran your state successfully either. Um, I mean. Yeah, you definitely can put, you know, you had that report the other day with uh, California losing a trillion dollars worth of uh, assets under management, just like New York did. So, you know, obviously, a lot of the policies that he's okaying and signing off on are making people flee the state, are making the people that you need the most in order to, you know, make your grand progressive uh, agenda happen. Those taxpayers that have lots of money, those companies that have lots of money, financial, the financial services sector is always going to be a big money player in those type of states. Um, if they're losing them and they're sending their, their, their operations to Texas and to Florida, you're losing tax money. You know, your tax base is shrinking considerably. Oh, it, it, yeah. So I'm not really understanding this. If he is set to debate uh, DeSantis in place of Biden or if he thinks he's running, I think it's either way, it's problematic. Uh, if Biden is running for president, he should be the one that's on the stage debating DeSantis or whomever from the GOP. Maybe like Kamala debates. Yeah, Kamala would be the next person to debate. But I mean, and, and to me, I think that is very uh, disrespectful to her to pass her over like that. But, you know, what do I know? (laughs) We're going to move it on over to our next story. If anyone saw Mitch McConnell on television freezing, we know he suffered that brain injury. Um, When was that? Last April. Last April. Okay, so he suffered that brain injury. He's not looking too good. What do you make of it? It's one of those things where you have to take a look at, um, take stock of who's in in, uh, Senate, take stock of who's elected. And ask yourself that question, and I think it's it's very hypocritical. And I we've actually seen some Republicans, 
you know, reverse course. Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's just come out that she's saying that Mitch McConnell is unfit. Um, obviously, that's from the far right. Oh, good. It's good. It's good that people will actually hold their own party members accountable because when whenever it was happening uh, with the senator in Massachusetts, Fetterman, Fetterman, yeah, he underwent a stroke, and you saw the far right really going in on him. And I think that it's right that it, you know. Each party should call out. If you're a United States senator, there is great responsibility. Um, you're supposed to do your job and be able to perform your job. And when you're not able to, that's when you know you need to step down so someone else can take on that role because you hold a lot of responsibility with your constituents. They elected you to do a job. If you can't do that, it's a disservice to not carry out your duties. So, Mitch McConnell, what are you doing? You're looking like you're sitting up there in a catatomic state. You can't open your mouth. You can't speak what is going on yeah we know you're 81 years old um and you're you, you suffered a brain injury i mean is it dementia is it alzheimer's i don't know um i you know i, I had a spend my, my grandmother had dementia and alzheimer's and you know you sometimes you can't speak you go back to that state of not being able to uh, operate as a fully functioning adult person um so can you please let us know what's going on if you're not fit for office you need to do the right thing and step down and and let's get this election on the way, underway. It's a really uh, scary proposition. And uh, I know that you don't like Mitch McConnell. And that you, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. And I think that there has to be some sort of limit beyond just asking Mitch McConnell to step down. There are state secrets that he knows. There are important codes that he may know. There are important, just just information, secrets that he knows. And he might not even know where the bathroom in his house is right now. He may not be able to t distinguish between his family members and someone he's never met before. Hey, I don't necessarily dislike the guy, okay? I just think that he's done some very calculated things that I don't necessarily agree with. I think that he's a great uh, politician. Um, he knows how to play the game of politics. But, again, if he can't play that game, why are you there? You're wasting people's time, and you're, you, you're doing a disservice to your constituents. Right? I agree. I agree. I, I just... I don't know if you were seeing it as I see it, though. Do you see the national security threat? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, the senators hold a, a great responsibility. Not only does he hold, you know, like he holds secrets not only to the state, but he is to the nation, right? Like he has a lot of, he, he's a lot of senior senior leadership roles, le senior committees, um, and it, he's a major player on Capitol Hill. So, you know, it, 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 it's very scary to think, and I, I agree with you. If you don't know where your bathroom is in your house, how are you going to be able to do the work of the people um, in Kentucky? Um, and so we're going to move it on over to our <laughs> local news, which we have. I mean, I'm looking at this freaking picture right here with this, with this person wearing uh, looks like fishnet stockings over their head doing crime on the subway. And it's just <laughs> I'm like, I don't ride the subway anymore because I'm very terrified of it and kudos to anybody who's doing it because I know a lot of people are but I can't do it I'm just too scared you know um so you want to get into some of the the crime that's happened just in I recent just wanna, days I just want to say that you're not scared <laughs> it's called having common sense <laughs> okay well I have common sense and I ain't getting on no train <laughs> okay let's let's talk about this okay train operator beaten with pipe Strap hanger stabbed by stranger in separate in New York City subway incidents. Wow. A train operator was beaten by an unhinged 
pipe-wielding man and a strap hanger was stabbed by a stranger in separate attacks on the subway system over the weekend, cops said Tuesday. The most recent of the two incidents took place at 168th Street in Washington Heights around 11.45 p.m. Sunday when a passenger began arguing with the subway worker as he cleared a northbound C train that was taken out of service, police said. The rider refused to get off the train and flashed a box cutter and a metal pipe at the 37-year-old male worker who had ordered him to leave. He then bashed the operator in the face with the pipe before running out of the station onto the streets, cops said. The blow knocked out many of the worker's teeth. He was taken to New York Presbyterian Columbia University Irving Medical Center where he's listed in stable condition. Police released a photo of the suspect who appears to be pushing a suitcase with a cigarette dangling from his mouth. Oh my goodness, did you see this picture? He remained on the lam Tuesday. It looks... We have to put this up. Yeah, we'll put the picture up. In a separate, apparently unprovoked attack on Saturday afternoon... A stranger sprayed a 50-year-old man in the face with an unknown substance and repeatedly stabbed him with a metal object on the oh northbound, northbound platform of the 28th Street, number 6 train station in Rose Hill. The victim, who was stabbed in the face and head during the 5.30 p.m. attack, was taken to Bellevue Hospital, where he received stitches. Oh, my goodness. The police is still looking for the suspect Tuesday. He was shown in surveillance footage wearing a mustard-colored jacket, with a wild print <laughs> and red sneakers. So that, that that's the guy that got you laughing with the... Yes. <laughs> because it looked like he had on some stockings over his head at first on the top picture. And so we're going to post all those pictures up. But good goodness. I mean, y'all, what in the world is happening on the trains? There was I, another woman that... There was another woman that was pushed right, into And she the broke train. her leg in like several places, like shattered her leg. I mean, I, I just... That's all this weekend. Yo, look, my insurance ain't that good. I, I just, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to risk it all. I'm gonna be, and, and, and then when it said an unknown substance, what if that was urine? I would lose my mind. Like, or, or what if it was acid? Who knows? Like, there's all kinds of things that it could have been. I would have lost my mind. I would have lost it. So, yeah, I'm not riding the train anytime soon. I'm glad for anybody that's, uh, you know, bold and uh, confident and courageous enough to do so. It's just. I'm, I'm, I'm a coward because uh, I cannot. And I'm a little bit terrified of, you know, what's happening. But, you know, we get to this place when we have messaging like the defund the police movement. And, you know, there is a, yeah, a lack of, you know, police availability on the trains because we had police shortages. So that type of uh, crime um, is, it, you know, it continues to happen and will continue to happen. And, and you know, in the lack of mental health um mental health facilities facilities in the city um that's what you're gonna get but with nobel reform what can you expect people think that they can get away with anything and then that these kinds of acts don't really matter um they're back out on the street so we're gonna go on and talk about um our representative out of staten island (laughs) this woman is always funny to me and just like i don't know if it's the look or what is going on but she always has something interesting so she wants to secede i always think her office is gonna be like parks and rec she kind of reminds me She's like me the of Republican that. Parks and Rec. Or Veep, right? It's like, Something like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's comical. It's yeah, it's comical all the way. I, I just wonder what it's like. I, if anyone wants to write in about what it's like to write work for this woman, would very <laughs> we would appreciate any um, information or insight on that because uh, she looks like a character. Um, so go ahead. Let's talk about Amelia Takis. Following a series of protests across Staten Island over proposed sheltered sites for asylum seekers, Representative Nicole Maliotakis appeared on Morning One on New, uh, that's New York One station. Uh, that's a local uh, cable station here in New York. Wednesday to address 
the migrant crisis, and voiced concerns from her constituents. The protests sparked by fears over the safety of local communities have included strong language against asylum seekers, prompting Mayor Eric Adams to condemn them as racist and challenging to hear. However, Maliotaxis said residents are afraid because of what they have heard from other migrant sites. They're reading newspaper articles about two rapes that occurred at a shelter upstate, drug use outside of shelters where there were overdoses here in Manhattan. They're reading articles just yesterday, CNN reported that the FBI identified that there are migrants that are being smuggled by ISIS that they're trying to locate. And they're concerned about drug cartels smuggling not just humans, but also drugs and fentanyl specifically. Oh, I'm talking about, I mean, now conspiracies, this seems a little <laughs> like this is a conspiracy theory alley, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have concerns about the migrant workers, but I'm uh, not migrant workers, but the migrants that are um, being placed um, out in Bennett Field and all of that. But I it, it isn't so much to do with like them being, you know, part of ISIS or any of that. It's just the concern for, you know, where the resources and how those resources pull. Um, from those communities which are heavily black and brown so I mean it's interesting and I think that the, her remarks are a bit a bit racist right like I have to say yes and no to that uh, I definitely feel that like anytime something does come out of her mouth you you're always like gonna pass it through the test of or like the, the give it a litmus test to say well is this racist because you have that history from Staten Island and I'm a guy that um, I grew up in South Brooklyn and I definitely know some of the attitudes that come out of Staten Island, but there's also the idea that Staten Island is a Republican place and Staten Island is much less like the city than the rest of, than, you know, your urban centers and your downtown areas. And you have middle-class family values that they definitely want to protect and, and they have, you know, houses and property they want to protect and they don't have the, the same outcry from, you know, your work progressives that are saying like, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to you or, or but your do you property. think there's any validity to what they're saying as far as like the drug cartels, the smuggling, not just humans, but also drugs and fentanyl and the ISIS statements? What do you think about it? Do you think that that is actually something that's plausible or do you think that it's a little bit of an overstretch? I, you know, I haven't seen that CNN report about the FBI, but if the FBI is saying ISIS came through, I believe it. And, you know, personally, I've seen pictures of some of the migrants and some of the, and these don't just look like Central Americans. They don't look like no, your, your typical some Africans. There's all kinds. Yeah, of I, I saw a, a, a Twitter feed uh, video where you had uh, Indian men coming through, uh, you know, and they uh, they had uh, other you know other groups of people that clearly weren't Central American or Mexican coming through under the border. They weren't Venezuelan. Um, and obviously, you know, how can you know? You're looking at a glance. Maybe I was wrong, but at the same time, it definitely doesn't look like, okay, these are Mexicans. Okay. So were the people only supposed to be Mexican that came over for the migrant crisis? Is that the thing? Definitely not. But uh, you know what? And you just made me, we were, you know, toying with the, another article because we've covered the migrant crisis pretty extensively. And there was an article where you had somebody in uh, the administration, the city administration, talking about the language barrier for some of the students that they didn't have enough people that spoke Afghan mm -hmm. in order to... So people are coming over from the Middle East. I'm saying that definitively now because it, you don't need a report from the FBI when you have the city saying that we don't, we're not prepared to teach ESL to people that speak Afghan. Right. So, but just because you have people that are not just from Mexico or Central America, then they ultimately become terrorists? I just feel like that language is very racist or xenophobic at best 
you know, I, I definitely agree with you that, you know, it's racist to make that jump. But I can understand why they made that jump. And not that they're... It, it, it's within the wheelhouse. It's within the range of, of thoughts because the whole idea is that we're supposed to, it's supposed to be Venezuela and a couple other countries, some Africans coming over, and then you, you hear about Afghan, and you're asking yourself, like, how many world crises are there? And is this, like, you know, and you start going down that rabbit hole, and granted, like, I guess, you know, I, I'm, the, I'm the far-right conspiracy guy today then, and, you know, this is a question you have to ask yourself when New York is taking on the same amount of people yearly now that we were taking on when Ellis Island was a thing. You know, what are there like, you know, are there political and I said this before and, you know, again, I sounded crazy, but I'll, I'll double down on it. Are there deep state actors? Are there people that are coming here specifically to ruin our, our, our union? Oh, that is true. Well, you know what? Malia Takis, whatever her whatever case may be, it seems like she's doing right by her actual constituents, because if they don't want this situation in their neighborhoods, then I think that she's done right by actually suggesting other alternatives like Roosevelt Island, Rikers Island, um, or the USNS Comfort, um, it looks like. So at least that she is actually taking in consideration what her constituents want, and I hope that more people in New York City would also do the same um, if their constituents are speaking out against this and, and they're protesting um, the migrants coming. I think that they should follow suit. I don't think that su succeeding from New York is the way to go because, I mean, cutting off funding is definitely something that she would be doing by doing so because she gets a lot of funds by being part of New York City. Um, and that doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> that you would go about um, trying to, uh, to to cut off the head there. Um, so I don't know. I think that, you know, I don't know what, if they're seceding from the city. Do we get the city of Staten Island or, you know, they're saying secede from the city and state, not or state, but and state. So city and state, do, do they go to New Jersey or is it the state of Staten Island? <laughs> that, that's the part that's idiotic about what she's doing. Like, I think like one part of it is like, OK, it's well-meaning. You're trying to, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the correct political move. It's you're doing your job. You're representing the, the wants your of, your, people. of your of your constituents. Yes, you're actually serving. But then, you, then you're turning around and then you're trying to basically uh, do something that is not at all within your purview. Um, and you're trying to, in a way, it seems like, um, what is it? It's, you're trying to form a coup in some way when you're trying to take uh, part of something that has already traditionally been part of the state and make it something of your own if you're trying to completely separate from the state altogether. I mean, she'll become Senator Malutakis, right? Or, wait, or will she be queen? I don't or know. Or governor? Senator? <laughs> or is it queen? Like, you know, like that thing they were talking about? Well, like, uh, King Trump. Queen. Oh, yeah, King Trump. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, we did hear some, some crazy uh, TikToks and other things like that uh, where people were saying King Trump, which is outrageous. Um, to say the least, but, but, but um, when, Governor when, when Maliotakis. But when you start talking about seeding, you know what I mean? Yeah. Succeeding from a, a place, it's like when Texas talked about succeeding from the union. So are you doing that as well? Because you're taking, you're, you're, you're stepping out of, are you still going to be part of the U.S.? Or are you going to, you know, only be a part of the U.S. if an, a Republican president is president? What, what's, what's, what in, right? When, do you, when the word is it in? All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to our WTF story. Are we already there? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. This was a quick I'm one. I'm already grossed out. All right. So you're going to talk about this because this is your wheelhouse. Um, but we have such a, an incredible story that we are bringing to you about a kidney transplant. But it's not just any old kidney transplant, is it? It's a pig transplant 
I can't what? even say. Can you? So it is actually. There's an individual person who is comatose, correct? This right. He, he's brain dead. He's brain dead, but his body's being kept alive. So he he was an organ donor. It sounds and appears, and his family has get authorized the right of a pig's kidney to be implanted into this brain dead um, man's um, body. Um, as there has been a shortage of organs in the U.S. And so, uh, and this is happening in New York, right? NYU, NYU Langone. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so uh, they have transplanted the genetically engineered organ into the body of a 57-year-old man who has been declared brain dead. And uh, there is an interesting story because this marks the longest period a pig kidney has functioned in a human being, according to a press release from the hospital. After he was declared dead by neurologic criteria, the man was placed on supportive measures to keep his heart beating. The release stated his family agreed to donate his body because his organs were not suitable for transplant. All signs are pointing in a positive direction with the kidney's ability to function just as a normal human kidney would. Yeah, that is disgusting. Oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's terrible. Would you take a pig kidney? You know I wouldn't. I don't touch pig. Keep the swine away from me, but, you know. What about a monkey heart? I don't want any of it. Like, just if it human, human. That's it for me, but... Definitely. I, I have to agree with you, but there's another interesting part of this story. It turns out the surgeon who uh, conducted uh, this, this experiment, uh, he is a uh, not a victim, but he suffers from a congenital heart defect that runs throughout his family that caused his father to die at a young age, his brother, one of his brothers to die at the age of 35, and uh, his other brother has been a recipient of a heart transplant for the last, I think, 25 or so years, and he himself is a heart transplant um, patient in which he's had a heart transplant for almost five years now. And I understand his motivation for wanting to do this, but at the same time, uh, when we start to mix these things and, and we get these uh, human-animal chimeras, it makes me question, and I, I'm not even coming from a religious bend or a bent from, uh, from this or angle, it just, you know, it, it, it gets to my mind in the legal arguments about, you know, human rights and animal rights mm -hmm. and what rights will animals have if they are able to be, you know, successful organ donors. Where's PETA? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Where's I mean, PETA in this conversation? <laughs> right. Exactly. And like what, you know, like are people going to, and you know, to just jump straight into it, like. What does that mean? Like, and what am I saying? Like, can you marry your dog? Yeah, I mean, I think it is a definite gateway into bestiality, right? I, we were talking about this earlier, and to me, it seems like, whoa, another one of those slippery slopes, and it's also a matter of consent and a lot of other crazy, um, like, notions the, that go uh, into this, There's right? a big like, consent one, too, because, like, this guy... Signed up to be an organ, organ donor, donor, not to have right to be a scientific experiment. An organ donor is very different from someone that signs up to have an experiment run on his body. Exactly. That's what that's what I was thinking about. That that was a point that I want made, and you did that 
so well. So, like, I, I don't know, y'all. What do y'all think about it? We're going to put a poll up about it. You can tell us what you think. Do you think you would be okay with receiving a heart or any other kind of body part um, from an animal that is not human? Um, please participate in this poll. We want to see what you think. Um, and that brings us to our ending. I finished my coffee. You're finishing up your Coke there. Uh, we are so thankful that you've been tuning in. We're going to be bringing you another bonus episode today. Um, so be sure to check that out and continue to listen, subscribe, and like.